Welcome, everyone, to another sweet, sweet episode of the Texocity series presented by the 210 Culture Podcast and Pub Culture Radio. My name is Donna, and I am your host, your favorite, the one and only, the bitch that has ADHD that uploads every other fucking quarter. Yes, that's me. Hey, y'all should give me praise, okay? Because, fuck, I've been on a fucking roll lately. Let's see how long this shit lasts, let me tell you. I don't know, it might not, it might, it might last, it might not. This is an interesting episode that, or an interesting case that I had not heard in my life. If you guys do not follow me on Instagram, I posted a couple of weeks ago that I had picked up a book at H-E-B, you know, I was on the line, and then they have the magazine section, right? And I was like, eh, let's see what the fuck. So I was, I like reading the titles of the magazines because it's kind of like fucking, their titles are just out there trying to get people to fucking purchase their magazines. And I came across a book called Texas Obscurities, Stories of the Nefarious Peculiar. And I forget the other word. I don't have the book in front of me. The main title is Texas Obscurities. I was like, huh, well, shit, I have a Texas podcast. Why not? I purchased it, see what kind of stories are on here. And I came across a story about the Slocum Massacre of 1910. I was like, what the fuck? What is this? Like, I've never heard of this. And I was like, well, how the fuck? didn't we not learn this in school like even at utsa because i went to utsa ha, class of 2016 even though i graduated 2017 but that's a different story um i had texas history as one of my basics and even then we we didn't fucking learn about this shit right the book is by er bills he is just an amazing author i have another book that i bought from him and it's texas oblivion um, and it captures stories of disappearances, mysteries, and murders. So I'm very excited to start reading about that one. According to the story in his book, the Texas State Historical Association Handbook on Slocum shows how the town got its name and its first post office in 1898 and totally just skips to 1914. It says that the town had two general stores and approximately only 45 residents. Why isn't this massacre on that handbook? Oh, yeah. Because white people, that's why. Mm. So the Slocum massacre that happened in East Texas in 1910 was one of the worst genocide attempts in Texas. And the reason behind it, let me tell you, kitty cats, it was stupid. No fucking reason, pretty much. So let's get into this. So Slocum, Texas, for those who don't know, is located in Anderson County within the Palestine, Texas, micropolitan area. In 2018, the community had a population of 198. It's basically a ghost town. Back in 1910, though, the residents of Slocum, Texas, were predominantly African-American, with many owning businesses in the area as well. So the story goes that a white man stepped into the town to collect a debt 
from a well-regarded black citizen. There seemed to have been a dispute between them and the white man had so much resentment towards him and the whole situation. He was like, fuck this dude. A road construction foreman at the time put an African-American in charge of road improvements and Jim Sperger, a prominent white man, was livid as fuck. Sperger was agitated and rumors, of course, began to spread. Rumors of African-Americans threatening white citizens and plans to riot, riot against them. These rumors worked up the local white population into a panic and a frenzy. Y'all, I was about ready to like just go ballistic right now. There is a flying roach. I would have been totally fine if it was just one that was just running up and down. But that shit had wings and I was like, fuck no. Anyways, yes. So these rumors worked up the local white people around the area. Like they were in a panic. They didn't know what to do. So they wanted to be the first ones to attack. So on July 29th, 1910, these white people, they went crazy. Cray. I mean, blood was shed all over this town. Hundreds of white people from all over Anderson County entered Slocum, armed with pistols, shotguns, and rifles. That morning near Sadler's Creek, these white people fired on three African-Americans headed to feed their cattle. They killed 18-year-old Cleveland Larkin and wounded Charlie Wilson. The third person, Willestus Lusk-Holly, escaped only to be shot again later in the day while he and his 23-year-old brother Alex and their friend William Foreman were fleeing to Palestine. Lusk's brother, Alex, was killed and Lusk was wounded. Foreman fled and disappeared. Nobody knew where the fuck he went. He actually pretended to be dead so a group of 20 white men would not finish him off. I mean, literally, white mobs marched down the area shooting blacks at will. 30-year-old African-American John Hayes was found dead in a roadway and 28-year-old Sam Baker was shot to death in his own home. These motherfuckers literally invaded his home and shot him. What kind of shit is that? What gives them the obligation to go into these people's homes to fucking kill them? I swear. It's dumbfounding, but it really does not surprise me. Um, when Baker's relatives were attempting to sit Hayes up the following night, they too were gunned down in cold blood. On top of the murders happening in Slocum, Will Berkeley was killed near the northern edge of Houston County. So they were not only killing African-Americans in Slocum, but the surrounding areas as well. These people, let me tell you, they were fucking ridiculous. And the worst part about it is that newspapers at the time were portraying the African-Americans as armed instigators. But, of course, the reports were extremely inaccurate. So on top of African-Americans being victims to 
you know, these hate crimes and fucking rumors, the newspapers were fueling the fire and were just falsifying this information. Where the fuck were they getting this information from? I have no fucking idea. So on July 30th, 1910, district judges in Palestine closed all the saloons and ordered local gun and ammunition stores to stop selling to these people. They did not want to sell to these people anymore. They were like, what the fuck are y'all doing? But just because they were closing saloons and ammunition stores, it wasn't stopping. Their reasoning behind closing the saloons and the stores wasn't to stop this genocide that was occurring. It was to defuse what the Galveston Daily News called, quote unquote, an indescribable one-sided reign of terror that resulted in numerous bullet-ridden African-American corpses strewn along scattered lonesome roads. They just didn't want to seem like the fucking bad guys or the fucking instigators trying to fuel the fire that was already fucking wild. So on July 31st, 1910, porters gathered in Slocum to get the latest news. And although there were up to two dozen murders, two dozen murders that were reported, local authorities only had eight bodies. Hundreds of African-Americans fled the scene and ran to the surrounding piney woods and local marshes. By the time the Texas Rangers and state militia arrived, there was no accurate number of how many African-Americans were murdered. On August 1st, 1910, a few Texas Rangers and other white men gathered six of the African-American bodies and buried them. They wrapped them in blankets and placed them in a single large box. They were buried in a putt four miles south of Slocum. Now further up north, was Alex and Lusk's father, Marsha Hawley, who was hiding near a road just outside Palestine. He asked the authorities in Palestine for help, wanting to be locked up in jail for protection. He told them that he was a black citizen involved in the debt dispute, but denied that the affair ever grew into a serious provocation. So remember when I mentioned how many African-Americans were fleeing the city? Well... That sure as fuck didn't stop the white moths from shooting them. Many were shot in the back, even as they were clearing out. Two bodies were found near the town of Priscilla, still having all of their travel gear with them. As soon as they were fleeing this town, they were still fucking shooting at them. I'm like, when does it stop? When did it stop? It took fucking days. Anderson County Sheriff William H. Black stated that it would be quote-unquote difficult to find out just how many were killed because they were scattered all over the woods. He even admitted that others would probably find many of the victims before the police would first, if at all. Some transgressors even returned to the crime scenes to remove any evidence of the murders. With the arrival of the press, reports started shifting from the blame being put on African Americans as violent insurrectionists. And with that and the guilty conscience of some white people, they started engaging in damage control. So all this shit went down. People are finally starting to figure out that maybe it wasn't the African Americans first. And so because people started finding out the truth, of course, they had to protect themselves and make sure that there was damage control so their image can, you know, be okay. But Sheriff Black was inexorable. Quote, men were 
going about killing Negroes as fast as they could find them, unquote. Black tells the New York Times, quote, and so far as I was able to ascertain without any real cause, unquote. Yeah, that's usually how it happens, you know. According to local law enforcement leaders at the time, eight casualties was a ludicrously conservative number. Sheriff Black and many others insisted there were at least a dozen more and maybe even dozens and dozens. We don't really know. They were shooting at will. They were shooting at everybody. They were probably even taking the bodies and dumping them somewhere else. So we really do not know what the number of murders were. In reality, we can't even probably put a good guesstimation because it's probably many, many more. Frank Austin, president of the First State Bank of Frankston, reported the death of Anderson Austin near Slocum, but that case was never investigated. Abe Wilson, who was identified as the African-American who had been put in charge of the road improvements, disappeared and was never heard from again. An accurate fatality count was impossible, with perpetrators more than likely covering their tracks. Surviving African-Americans didn't want to go back to that. This was a straight-up genocide, where executioners surrounded you and even cut phone lines to prevent you from getting help. They were seriously like, fuck y'all, y'all ain't going nowhere. Nobody's gonna fucking help you. And of course, the Texas Rangers and the state militia didn't really do shit. They just made it safe enough for the surviving African Americans to get their belongings and get the fuck out. The fact that they were run out of their fucking homes, run out of their businesses. Why? For no fucking reason. So weeks after following the massacre, the African-American population made a mass exodus, leaving homes, properties, and personal connections to the land and the community. We're going to get into the grand jury. So I need to catch my breath. This roach thing really like hyped me up <laughs> at the Initial grand jury hearing, every remaining Slocum resident was subpoenaed to appear in court. Many refused to testify and were arrested for that. The grand jury judge, B.H. Gardner of Palestine, told the all-male, all-white jury, um, let me say that again, all-male, all-white jury, that the massacre was, quote, a disgrace not only to the country but to the state, unquote, and it was up to them to make shit right. According to the Palestine Daily Herald, on August 2, 1910, Judge Gardner said that even if there had been rumors to threats, quote, on the part of any number of Negroes to do violence to white persons, it would not justify anybody to take the law into their own hands, unquote. Say it louder for the cheap seats and the motherfucking back, bitch. So by the time all the findings are reported to the jury on August 17, 1910, several hundred witnesses had been examined. 11 men were initially arrested, 7 were indicted, and there were only accused in the murders of 5 of the identified victims. Not even on the 8 bodies they found, it was only 5 of the identified victims. Defendants Reagan McKenzie, T.W. Bailey, and Morgan Henry were released without being charged. Why? I don't fucking know. So Jim Sperger, remember the sick fuck who started all this shit? Yeah, well, he was indicted in two cases, B.J. Jenkins in four cases, and Ism Garner and Andrew Kirkwood in three cases. The seventh indicted man was not arrested nor named, only Kirkwood was immediately granted bail. 
No charges were filed for the killings of John Hayes, Alex Hawley, or Anderson Austin, or the disappearances of Abe Wilson, William Foreman, and many, many others. After all of these indictments, Judge Gardner was really sus about having the trial in Anderson County and decided to move the trial to Harris County. But unfortunately, the indictments received no fucking interest or justice in Harris County. They were like, fuck the shit. We ain't even dealing with it. Bye. On May 4th, 1911, another judge, Judge Morris, actually petitioned the Travis County Court of Criminal Appeals to grant bail for the remaining defendants. And it was granted. Of course, because they're fucking white. Eventually, all those charged were released and none of the indictments were ever prosecuted. Of course, they won't. Yeah, Slocum was slowly taken over by the whites with many of them repurposing all the properties and belongings that African-Americans left behind. According to recent demographic statistics, most of the cities around Slocum have significant African-American populations that average around 20%. Grapelands is 35%, Rusk is 30%, and Palestine and Altos are 25%. Slocum's African-American population is just under seven. Later on, on April 24th, 1929, a tornado rolled through Slocum and destroyed many properties in the town and killing seven people. Many organizations across East Texas raised money for the town's recovery. This event would unfortunately overshadow this genocide and the event is largely forgotten and conspicuously ignored today. How do you ignore that? It's like people saying that the Holocaust wasn't real it didn't happen but how how is this how is this conspicuously ignored if it was the other way around if it was true that african americans run a predominantly white town and did that it would be all over the fucking history books we would be talking about it we like to turn the other cheek and not even bother with it fuck no this is why i made this case there has been no official investigation since then to determine the accurate number of victims of the Slocum Massacre. According to contemporary headlines and histories passed down by descendants of massacre victims, the total number of victims was greater than that of the Oklahoma-Tulsa riots of 1921 and Florida's Rosewood Massacre of 1923. How come those are remembered, but not the Slocum Massacre? Oh no, let's keep that hush-hush because Texas is so perfect. I just want y'all to check this shit out. You know what I mean? So it wasn't until March 30th, 2011, after a story was published in February of that year in the Fort Worth Star-Telegram that the 82nd Texas legislator adopted House of Representatives Resolution 865, acknowledged the massacre of 1910. It took until 2011 to acknowledge that that shit happened. And on January 16th, 2016, 2016, very recent, a historical marker to the Slocum massacre was unveiled. A Constance Hawley Jawade, sorry if I mispronounce it, who is actually a descendant of one of the victims of the massacre, had applied for the historical marker, saying, quote, this most definitely helps restore the Slocum Massacre to its proper place. 
unquote. She continues, quote, it was being ignored. And by ignoring it, you're spitting in the face of those who died during the, that tragic event. You're basically saying either it didn't happen or it was not important. And it's very, very important, unquote. It is. It is because it's not something that you want to fucking repeat. And it seems like history just keeps repeating itself. A defense witness at the time of the trial criticized the, quote, insolent manner and conduct, unquote, of the local African-American population during the period preceding the massacre and brazenly noted that things were different after the bloodshed. Quote, the Negroes down there are not misbehaving now, unquote. And they weren't, because there were hardly any left. What a tragic event. Seriously. 2022 marks the 111th year of the Slocum Massacre. And I feel like this should be more widely known because it's a historical point in time. And it's something that we have to remember. And we can't let it for be forgotten. Or we mentioned conspicuously ignored. This whole racist shit has to fucking stop. It is ridiculous. Everything else progresses, but the racist mind of people just doesn't. The superiority that people feel against minorities is ridiculous. But I will say, Black Lives Matter. They always did, and they always will. I back them up. It's shit like this that, you know, people didn't understand the riots that were happening in 2020 but when your ancestors and yourself have been oppressed you get sick of it so i completely fucking understand and i support that anyways sorry i digress but it's just a little moment in history i wanted you guys to uh remember that was another episode of the <laughs> texacity series uh i hope you guys have a great day no matter what you're doing and let me know if you guys want to listen to something else. I'd love to, you know, your recommendations of whatever you guys want me to talk about next. And um, yeah, definitely follow me on Instagram, Texocity underscore. And YouTube, We I am still under the Tutank Culture umbrella. So on YouTube, it's Tutank Culture. And I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you guys later. Bye. <laughs>